0: You're listening to Gameplay with Matthew Cause on TSN 1050. Embrace the odds.
1: I want winners. Oh, yeah, embracing the odds. Jim Daddy, subbing for Matthew Cause in this day. Going to bring in Sean King very shortly, former NFL quarterback uh, with the Tampa Bay Bucs Super Bowl thirty-seven, and uh, he's with VEASAN's uh, Sports Betting Network, uh, first 24-7 broadcast network dedicated exclusively to sports betting. Follow VEASAN on Twitter at VEASAN Live. VEASAN's team of betting experts deliver all news and an- uh, analysis uh, sports fans need to inform their wagering decisions, and you can go to the, their website, VEASAN.com. Check out VEASAN's March Madness special. Special to get your 30 days of everything the sports betting Network offers for just nine ninety nine. dollars 99 Visit VEASAN.com backslash subscribe for more. Sean King is with us now. Sean, how are you today, sir?
2: I'm excellent. How are you doing?
1: Very good. Very good. So, I mean, there's no shortage of quarterback stories here. Uh, you know, before we dive into Lamar Jackson, maybe that is the answer to this. What's, what's your favorite quarterback story of this, this long list?
2: Uh, it's the fact that uh, my parents... Uh, met a little too early had me probably a decade too early because i mean what a glorious time to be an average quarterback i mean the compensation point is about 30 million for just guys so i can't imagine what lamar jackson is going to ultimately get whenever he decides uh, to reach an agreement whether it be with baltimore or whether it be with another franchise
1: yeah. Uh, I know how you feel on the uh, the arrival date. <laughs> that's Jeez. well put. Uh, well, it's more opportunity today, that's for sure and way more money. Uh Lamar Jackson, uh, the franchise tag, was that the thing to for Baltimore to do or could you have played that differently?
2: Um I would never ever represent myself as a professional athlete uh, just having finished playing and getting into corporate America, you understand in negotiations there's always going to be some give and take, some back and forth, because both sides are trying to get the deal that's best for them. And I just think as a human, if you're at the core of those negotiations, there are certain things that are offered, said, uh, that you never are going to completely get over. And so I, I do think that the relationship will end. I think – put in the transitional franchise, I think it's what it's called, guarantees that Baltimore gets two first-round picks of compensation, and it also lets Lamar get into the market and really get a feel for what his ultimate value is. But I tell you this, if Deshaun Watson is worth 200 guaranteed, then damn, Lamar Jackson's worth more.
1: Yeah, I don't think anybody would disagree with that. Having said all of that, where, where do you think Lamar Jackson ends up? I don't
2: have a c I don't have a great feel for this. Um for me, if I was Woody Johnson and the Jets, Lamar makes a lot more sense than Aaron Rodgers. Uh he doesn't come with the off the field uncertainty that Rodgers brings. I mean the last two years he's talked about retiring. I mean he's He's on some kind of Delic. I don't know how to pronounce the letters that come in front of the. I know the end of it is Delic. And uh, he goes and sits in a dark room for, like, days at a time. So I, I don't know if that's who I want at uh, almost 40 years old to leave my franchise when there's a one-time NFL MVP that's 26th that's available. So, I, I mean, if I was the Jets, that's the direction I would be looking. Uh, I do think there's some other spots that make a lot of sense, Carolina, Atlanta, so uh, we'll see how this plays
3: out.
1: Yeah, the Aaron Rodgers, I mean, it's very similar to Brett Favre. There was a time where you couldn't imagine Brett Favre anywhere, and and then he moved on. It's hard to imagine Aaron Rodgers without the Packers, but but I think that day is here, isn't it?
2: Yeah, and I don't think anybody, you know, really is going to bat an eye if a player leaves an organization. I mean, the days, I mean, even Tom Brady, didn't play all his games with the Patriots. He ended up with the Bucks. I think with Aaron, it's all of the other stuff. It's the idiosyncrasies that kind of, you know, have become a huge part of his personality. You know, like the inability to make a decision. You know, always, you know, wanting to go on outside platforms and kind of be this woke, let's say, athlete. So I that's the thing that would alarm me because that's a hard game. I mean, it's a hard game. It's a really, really difficult you know, a uh, pathway to winning a championship. And if a, if my quarterback isn't 100% locked in and committed, then I don't think we're going to win a championship. And why bring Aaron Rodgers to New York if uh, championship is not the ultimate goal?
1: Uh, Daniel Jones, uh, four years, $160 million. What do you think of that deal?
2: I'm happy for him. Um Again, this goes back to uh, my actual age and when I was born and me wishing (laughs) that I was born a little bit later because they don't really want to pay Daniel Jones that money. But that's what the market is, and timing timing matters in life. And he just so happens to be up at the end of his contract. And so they're going to succumb and lock him in. The problem is – What if he is more like the guy before Brian Dayball got there than the guy that we saw flashes of last year? You're now stuck with him. You can't move off that contract. You can't move away from it. It probably makes him untradable as well.
1: Yeah, that, uh, I'm glad you said market value because that's a dangerous thing, although it's it's totally accurate and, and it guarantees people get money. Uh, if, if you're a team, you have to be very careful about that just because it, it's hard to fight against market value because if you don't give him that, he's going to get it elsewhere. But at the same time, you make it stuck. You, you don't really know who you're getting, do you?
2: You're right, and uh, I'm not actually attacking any of the players. So anyone listening, I just yeah. want you to understand the salary cap is just a small piece of the pie for each organization. So think about the money the owners and the league are making if they're capable of paying those salaries. My point is I'm not overpaying for the quarterback position. I know I have a certain amount uh, from a salary cap standpoint to feel the best 53-man roster possible. I don't care what the rate is, what the market price is. I'm not paying – thirty five forty million dollars for a Daniel Jones, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins. I'll start all the way over from scratch rather than be in a situation where I know I'm not gonna ever be truly happy.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And and you know it's it's not anybody's fault. It's just that you have to be in the right position, I mean the team, to be able to to make that commitment because if it goes south you're in big trouble.
2: Yeah, and the the worst part about those guys I name is it's never gonna really go south, but it's never going north either. She's just yeah. kind of on the road driving.
1: Yeah, uh, well said, uh, Derek Carr. <laughs> four years, one hundred fifty million with the Saints. Uh, what are your thoughts on that one?
2: Uh, I will be very, very interested and fascinated to find out what Carolina's final offer for uh, Carr is. A very, very religious person. I thought Carolina, Charlotte, Bible Belt in America, much better fit. Uh, they have uh, DJ Moore, some other pieces there. Like the thing with New Orleans is Michael Thomas had not really showed a desire to play football. That's the wide receiver. Alvin Kamara has this legal situation hanging over his head, so I'm anticipating that he's going to miss majority or all of this upcoming year, you know, because of the incident last year at the Pro Bowl here in Las Vegas. So. Without those two, is New Orleans really that talented? I know Chris Alave showed a lot of good things as a rookie, but I don't love that roster. But uh, I guess there's familiarity with him and Dennis Allen from their time in uh, Oakland with the Raiders. So, so we'll see if it works.
1: Yeah, absolutely, we will. Uh, Geno Smith, uh, three years, seventy-five million with Seattle, uh, including an additional thirty million in incentives. That's a nice deal, isn't it?
2: Yeah, and I think Geno earned his. Because Geno failed with the Jets. And it was because of immaturity, but that happens to young athletes. Like, I don't, you know, think a young athlete making a mistake should cost him their career. And and Geno came and sat and learned under Russell and, and learned how to be a pro and, you know, really got himself to a position where when he got his next opportunity, he took full advantage of it. And so I think he earned it. I think he deserves it. Uh, I think it also puts uh, Seattle in a position, I would not be shocked, if they draft a quarterback at five in this upcoming draft, uh, an Anthony Richardson type that they could let sit for two years and learn under Geno. So uh, shout out to Geno Smith. man. He's come a long way from that immature player out of West Virginia who was selected to the Jets initially.
1: Yeah, you step into a situation where you're asked to sort of save the team at a young age, and if it goes south, you have to wear that. Um, Carson Wentz, released by Washington, do you think he ends up somewhere?
2: Yeah, Carson Wentz must have a severe personality defect. Because when you look at his raw statistics, he's not that bad. But everywhere he goes, nobody wants him. You know, think about Philly before he got hurt. Nick Foles came in and won a, uh, a Super Bowl with Foles. The Eagles don't want him. You know, think about Indianapolis. They hadn't found a quarterback since Andrew Luck bringing him in. Only after one year, don't want him. You know, goes to Washington. Washington starving for somebody that could play quarterback, not named Joe Thiesel and Doug Williams. After one year, don't want him. So it's got to be something in his personality, makeup, demeanor that just rows people the wrong way. So it'll be interesting for him because he's already touched uh, over $100 million if he even wants to play anymore because he doesn't come off as the person that would be a good backup.
1: Yeah, I guess it's all about being in the right spot at the right time. I mean, when, when the Rams traded Goff to Detroit, nobody had much expectation that way, but but now they do. So that's a situation where the team got better and so did he, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely, and I think it's about like and dislike. You know, a team will keep you around if they like you, even if maybe you're not playing at the level, you know, that that everybody anticipated. If they like you, if you're a good person, if you're a good teammate, they're not going to get rid of you one year after making a big free agent acquisition uh, unless they just don't like you. So it's something about Carson Wentz that I guess makes teams dislike him after they get him.
1: Sean, thanks very much. Appreciate you stopping by. All right. Shout out to the Leafs. They brought home the money last night.
2: Pucks for Donaldson's player of the day. They made me worried, but they scored those two goals late. Never in
1: doubt. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that, man. Okay, Sean King, former NFL quarterback, member of the Bucs, Super Bowl winners, in 30, uh, Super Bowl 37. Uh, yes, guy, that's 20 years ago. Where did that go? I love what he said about wishing his parents had met uh, 10 years later. Uh, you know, there's a lot of opportunity, a lot of money in certain situations, and and I like that. And, and you know, market value is a, a key thing. You'll hear it in all sports in the off season. Why did you pay this guy that much? And it has nothing to do with the guy. I, I've said this a million times. You have to take the personality out of the equation. It's salary cap driven, it's market value, and that's what the player is entitled to. But when you're on running a team, you have to make sure that when you're doing that, if your team's on the way up, that they're ready to make that commitment and they're also guaranteed, they have, they have to also be assured that the guy's going to deliver that way. You know, a lot of those things don't get uh, taken into consideration in the analysis, but those are very difficult decisions to say the very least, and and boy, we've seen them go south in all sports, and and they're hard to get out of because it's market value. That's what the player's worth, you know, going into the contract, but if he doesn't live up to it, then he's not worth it, and then you got a contract you gotta find a way out of. Anyway, that's a long story to get to this or that. That's next. This is gameplay on TSN 1050, TSN 1050.ca, and the iHeartRadio app.
3: This is gameplay. Can I get in on that? On TSN 1050.
1: You broke his thumbs. It was an accident. <laughs> is that what you call it? When somebody doesn't pay up? Embrace the odds. I want winners
3: please don't make me choose between my man and my god because you just can't win there you go again always taking someone else's side
1: flanders the water department god gameplay tsn 1050 time now for that uh, big part of the show called this or that producer Nick. go ahead sir
3: well, thank you, sir. I really appreciate you bringing me back in here. And uh, this or that, we're going to start off with more Leafs conversation. And this or that is pretty easy. John Tavares or Ryan O'Reilly to start as your second-line center in game oh. one of the playoffs?
1: Oh, my God. That's a tough one. Uh, against Tampa, I'm going to say uh, this, meaning Tavares. You're going with Tavares. Uh, yeah, I want O'Reilly in the third, third hole.
3: Okay, so you want you want to go with the super depth down the middle as opposed to that those two playing on the same line.
1: Yeah, it's just you know, with Tampa, and you'd say the same about Boston. You'd certainly say the same about Colorado. The the bottom six forwards are just you know really good. So I want to sort of cancel that out. So definitely O'Reilly is the number three center in that matchup.
3: All right, that's that's not the way I thought you were gonna go, but I like it. So we'll move on to this. Which player is going to be more important in the Leafs playoff run this season? Do you think it's Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner?
1: Oh boy, I'm gonna go with that. I, I think Marner has you know he's just had a lights out season, has not had playoff success in the past, but I but I think it's going to happen now. I would be shocked if it didn't happen. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, he's uh, you know been sort of pushed to the outside in the past. He's got to find a way inside. And as Marner goes, that, that means better things for Matthews. So I'm going to say that, Marner.
3: All right. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, last leaf question for you, Sam Lafferty, center or wing next season?
1: Oh, next season. No, I'm going to save this. I think next uh, center. Next season. Yeah, right. definitely. That's why they got him.
3: <laughs> it's true. Yeah. That's why they got him. It's true. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, all right. Raptors playing the Clippers tonight on TSN 1050. You will be on the call. So this or that, Freddie Van Vliet or Pascal Siakam will have the bigger game tonight for the Raps.
1: Oh, I'm going to go with that, uh, and that'll be Siakam, uh, just because... Uh, Freddie doesn't have to have the numbers that Siakam would deliver so and still be very, very effective. So I'm going to go with Siakam. That'll be a that.
3: Fair enough. I I, I like that one as well. I think uh, Siakam is probably going to have the bigger game of the two. But I think Freddie's going to have a good matchup as well. So he, he could uh, really show out for the Raptors tonight. This or that, the... Do you believe that the refs are against the Raptors or that that Scott Foster thing was a one-off?
1: I'm going to go with that. It's a one-off. It's not really a one-off, but but that's who he is. That's how he, that's yeah. how he officiates. Um, as far as refs against the Raptors, I think every team in the league has that story. It, it's a tough game to watch when you're trying to figure out, first of all, in the paint, the travel. Oh, boy. Um, the fouls, uh, you know, you review them and... Uh, you don't see any contact, and you go, "What? What is that all about?" Uh, it's just—it's a tough game to understand. There's obviously a lot of things go on, but the foul calls are very difficult at times. I got to say,
3: they very much are, and and I would never want to be a referee because there's too many difficult calls to make in a professional game, and it just happens so fast. You're asking for problems at that point. Um, recently the salary cap conversation has obviously come up in the NHL around trade deadline and in other sports the salary cap doesn't seem to be as big of an issue so this or that would you like the NHL to continue with the salary cap system or would you like to see them modify it or completely get rid of it
1: well, first of all, I'm going to say they'll never get rid of it. Um, I don't know how they would modify it unless they put in a soft cap with a with a luxury tax. But but I I I think that something has to be done. Uh, you know, you can't have teams acquiring just a, a ridiculous amount of LTIR players, dead contracts, um, and you know if you're going to limit how many contracts you could pay in terms of re- retention salary. That's three. I don't see why you couldn't do that with LTIR. So I'm going to go with that. They should modify it. Um, and I think that any CBA that lasts for a long time has to be modified anyway. They'll never get rid of it. I know that. It's just there to stay.
3: Valid. It's just a conversation that's come up, so I figured I would oh, bring sure. it to your attention. Um, this or that for the Raptors. I'm going to go back to them. Would you rather the Raptors finish in a play-in spot have to go through the play-in and get through the get into the playoffs would you rather them finish outside of the play-in spot
1: oh i'm gonna go with this they should always be in the in the playoffs or play in whatever you want to call it it's just a more positive ending and you remember that season when they were in florida and they just the wheels fell off and i know they got scotty barnes for it but boy the, the 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 wear and tear on the roster is just uh, catastrophic it's just not something you want to revisit time after time look at Detroit I mean they could end up with a number one pick again and still you know still struggle I mean it's just it's very tough that to, you know people always say it's tank and you know bottom out you get this guy yeah well, you get that guy but you need more than that guy it's a long process to build from scratch long process not very enjoyable yeah, um, continuing the NBA, I don't have much
3: to add to that, so I don't know why I just said yeah. But um, which young NBA squad has surprised you the most this season? The forty-one and twenty-six Cleveland Cavaliers, or the thirty-eight and twenty-six Sacramento Kings?
1: I'm going to go with Cleveland. I didn't have much in the way of expectations there. It's a pretty good ball team. Raptors have had their uh, run-ins with them, so uh, without any. Uh, long dissertation or explanation going with the Cleveland Cavaliers. How about yourself?
3: I'm I think I'm more shocked by the Sacramento Kings and it comes down to one player and that's Donovan Mitchell because when he went to the Cavs I knew that they were going to be better than last year. Maybe not as as much better as they've been this year as I expected. But the Kings have really surprised me this season so I'm going to lean towards the Kings there, Taddy. Okay. That's all I got for you for this or that.
1: That's it, right? Wow! Unless
3: you you have something else you want to throw my way.
1: No, I'm. I'm sorry. I'm all this and that out. Uh, That's all good. Yeah, I, I still don't want to go back to uh, Sean King and the, the market value. Uh, but that's just a that, that's a scary premise. Uh, you know, it's got nothing to do with the player. You you're entitled to that money, but boy, you got to be in you got to sort of massage that roster to the right spot where if that ever comes up, you could get out of not signing that player if you're not 100% sold on a market value is a scary premise for me. It really is, and you look at the
3: Daniel Jones one specifically. 4 years at 40 million. That's not a, ooh, let's see how it goes. It is market value, but let's see how it goes. That's a commitment. Four years is a commitment. You can't get rid of that contract. There's no hiding that contract. There's no cutting that contract. The dead cap will kill you if you try to cut that contract. They are locked in for four years with Daniel Jones. He needs to be the Daniel Jones that we saw last year, who, by the way, wasn't incredible. He was good.
1: Yeah. Yeah right like, I know, so so that's the timing also on market value. As a guy could be good, and market value dictates. And, and boy, if you're not comfortable with that, get the heck out of it. Yeah, do, do not sign it because it's not good for the for the team or the player. Although the player going to be all right with that kind of money, but that's a. I hope uh, they're all
3: right a, with that kind of money. Are you kidding me? Forty million a year. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's it's uh, great money for the the kids, the grandkids, and and the like. It covers four <laughs> generations, I, I would assume. Yeah. I would you, know uh,
3: you know what blows my mind, Daddy? How how many touchdowns do you think Daniel Jones had last year?
1: He had a good I, I year, th- but how many yeah, touchdowns I, I, do you think he threw? I, I, I wouldn't even have a clue. I don't. I don't think they had. Uh, you know, this is not a uh, about to launch into greatness story, is no. it? No, he threw fifteen. Yeah. Oh wow! Fifteen huh. touchdowns. Quarterback's a great thing, but uh, if, you don't have the, if you don't have the line receivers and defense, it's not that great, is it?
3: He only threw five interceptions, but 15 touchdowns. Are you kidding me? Like, how is 40, this? 40 million bucks. 40 million bucks for 15 touchdowns. <laughs> Gotta love it. Well, I don't, I don't know where you go with that. That's just a that's a bizarre situation. Yeah. it's, It's one of those ones where it just kind of shocks me that that was the year that got him the big contract. His rookie year, he put up 24 touchdowns. And just less than 200 yards less than this year.
1: Okay, so I'll give you the hockey version of that. Um, the, the one that's really fresh in mind is obviously watching the game last night. You're looking at Timo Meyer, and you go, yeah, $10 million qual- qualifying offer. That's why the Sharks traded him. Well, what a massive trade that was. I think there's 13 parts to it. Yeah. Uh, but, if, but if you're in New Jersey and, and you don't go deep in the playoffs, and then what do you do with the guy? I mean, he's a good hockey player, but is he that good of a hockey player? I don't it's know. a great I, my, question. My, my line was always I'd rather have two guys at 5.5 than one at 11.
3: Yeah, I, I agree with you. If you can find two guys who are worth 5.5 each, those are solid contributors in the NHL. Boston and,
1: seems to do it.
3: Yeah, exactly. We yeah. saw Colorado kind of do it last year, right? We've seen teams yeah. do it and have success with it. It's worth it if you can find the right guys for those price ranges.
1: So that's you know, that's in your your team building one oh one is uh, be careful what you wish for because if you get it you have to re sign it. Absolutely.
3: One hundred percent agree, Taddy.
1: Okay, we're going to step out. Coming up next, Javon Shepard, our broadcast partner on Raptors coverage. He's going to give us the, the 101 on the Raptors as they get set to take on the Clippers. It starts at 9.30 on at TSN 1050. Up next is Traffic. It's brought to you by JanPro, proudly serving Canadian businesses for over 25 years. Put your trust in JanPro, the leader in commercial cleaning and disinfection services. Visit janpro.ca today. Gameplay TSN ten fifty. Jim Taddy subbing for Matthew Cause the Raptors out west taking on the Clippers tonight. Our pregame stu- coverage starts at. Oh, yes, guy. Pregame coverage <laughs> starts at nine thirty on TSN ten fifty. Uh, Javon Shepard is here and uh, he is our commentator. Uh, analyzes the games for us and TSN ten fifty VP and General Manager of the Ottawa Blackjacks as well. Javon, how are you today, sir?
0: I am great, cat man. I'm, I'm I'm getting my espresso now, so I'm awake for tonight's game, and we'll have some fun with it,
1: man. We are. I, I, help me out with this story. You know, I was just going overall. I got the score sheet in front of me. They went on that massive seven-game road trip. They were four and three. They come back and in the uh, I think it's eleven games since they're seven and four. But instead of the seven wins, you you sort of circle the four losses because they are gut wrenching. But this team is playing well. It's just not showing up. I mean, they're they're in a play in, but but they should be better, right?
0: They they should be. Um, and I think that's the frustrating part right now is that you see promise, you see some of those wins, you see the road swing that they went on and, and did far better than one would imagine that many imagine. And then, you know, there's some gut wrenching losses in there that you're like, Oh my goodness. As soon as there's a glimmer of hope, it's like there's two steps, two steps back. Right. And they just can't yeah. get, seem to get above that water line and get to that, that promise line of that, that 500 mark. Because then I think once you get to that point, the promise you start to feel it more you start to believe it a bit more but again like they they they, they play well at times they they take you on an emotional roller coaster let's say that but where we are now um with purdle in the mix and him playing well and i think he's he's just helped everybody else so much the the way the offense is a bit more fluid um his ability to everybody talks about him you know being a, a a presence down low and deterring shots not necessarily a shot blocker but just having that big body, I do But for me, it's, you know, he's his IQ, right? He, he just makes the game so much easier for everybody else. A guy in the post that has a presence, you get up to the high post, he he can make plays, and just shooting a high clip every time he touches it in the paint, you know, if he puts it up, it's a bucket. So I think his help there has been tremendous, and you've got to now just just learn to close games out, right, whether it be from an excellent O standpoint, whether it be from, an emotional standpoint, like we've seen it against Denver, you know, the last stretch of that game and, you know, whatever transpired between Scotty and the official, like those are moments again, regardless, we've gotta we've gotta have a certain type of focus and be intentional with these these minutes, these possessions because they count.
1: Yeah, absolutely, totally agree with that. The game in Denver the the Denver went on a 15-4 run late in the game that that decided the game, and it was eerily similar to a game uh, in early February uh, at home to Utah, where they just uh, laid an egg in the fourth quarter. So the bottom line is, both those games they had won, and they gave them away, didn't they?
0: They did, they did. And you think about the difference that those games can make, and they yeah, they move you up in the standings. But there's a there's there's a part of that. There's another element that I'm always intrigued by that, that I think. Can, that misses is that confidence that it builds in the locker room, right? And you you come up with those key victories, you win the games that you're supposed to. And now we're talking about a different type of team, and I think that's been over the course of the season. That's been the, the biggest problem is that there's some games that you you should win, right? That you look on your calendar, you're you're in that front office, you're in that locker room as players, you're in those coach, in the coaches' office. There's some games that you you picked off walking into them that these should be victories. And we take care of these. We're, we're, we're headed in the right direction. I always, and I always think back to, remember those, those two Orlando losses on the road back-to-back. Back. And, yeah. and at that point, it, it almost seemed like, you know, we were in the pit. But just games like those, when you're, when you're a team, you want to have there's certain games you look at, we've, we've got to be or winnable games, you've got to come out with those. And then you get games like, like Denver where, okay, we have our confidence, we've, we've won before, we know how to win, we come up with those big wins. And now it's a different team. It's a different brand of basketball you're playing. Guys going to the game and going to those fourth quarters, those late fourth quarters with a swagger about them. And it's not even about, you know, what coach nurse is drawing up or the execution on the, on the, on the defensive end. We just believe that we're going to come out with a victory. And you'd be surprised how much that does for you just in itself, just that swagger.
1: You know, it's an interesting team. You said emotional roller coaster before, and I totally agree. So, what you said about Pirtle and what he brings to the table—you realize that before this, they didn't have that. I mean, that has to be really taxing on a roster to try and make up for that void. What are your thoughts on that?
0: It's—it it is taxing. I think that's the best way to put it. It's taxing. It's frustrating. It's exhausting, because you have essentially—you um, have guys that are, that are forwards. And playing the, the center position offensively and defensively. So, naturally, there's going to be some, some wear and tear there. You're going to get beat down. You're out of position. So, you're also learning different cuts, different movements from those positions, right? Now, you have somebody to alleviate some of that and take on, you know, just physically some of the, you know, bumping and, and, and battling with those bigger positions. And I think that, that, that helps immensely, right? And even if you think back to that, that Denver game, um, Pertle wasn't matched up on Jokic at all. But what you had was, was OG on Pertle, uh, OG on, on Jokic, and now you're using Pertle to come on that, that weak side. You're using him to double down. You have a bigger body to double down. You have, okay, now that you have OG on, on him, if a shot goes up, you have that bigger body, that center, that presence that's in rebounding position. So just little things like that um, alleviate so much from your from your team, right? So I think that's that's important to have. Um, now you have guys back in their natural positions. Now you have guys playing to their strengths. You also have another guy on the floor that's from that that post position. That's another facilitator. So there's not as much pressure on Fred. There's not as much pressure on Pascal to orchestrate and get guys shots. Now whatever they're doing is an addition to what you already what you're getting from Pirtle and and, and Fred. You can get Pascal back to just. You know, focus on scoring the basketball. You can get Gary back to just making shots. You can get OG back to just to focus on defend, defending, getting out in transition, and not falling over every time he, he tries to attack or gets the ball in the post. Right. So somebody takes those pressures off. So I think that's where you're getting, you know, that subtle change, and we we call the change, but at the same time, we're just we're, we're bringing back what we originally had. Like this right now, yeah. what you're seeing is is what that front office envisioned when they drafted the Perder, when they drafted the Pascal, when they brought in
1: Fred. Yeah, and it's just an interesting study because, as you say, they brought him back. But, but in the meantime, there's about a three-year void for when Gasol and Abaca leave, and there's really they aren't really replaced. I mean, they try to do different things, and, and it makes you appreciate. I'm not being negative here, but it, it makes you appreciate how, what they achieve because that's a big hole on the roster.
0: Yeah, I think you realize how big it is once you have it again. Um, and you also realize that you were fighting an uphill battle before, right? You just imagine for those guys night and there's times before, and we we talked about it. We talked about it on post game and pre game before. There's times where you look into the faces of some of those guys prior to the all star break and they just look exhausted. They look unengaged. They look, you know, the bodies look like they're broken down, even against Denver. I I thought Fred for you know, the first time in a long time he just seemed to have a different pop to him. You know, he was getting to his spots, he looked explosive, he looked athletic. And then there was there was this look in his eyes like he was he was hungry and 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 excited to play again. And I think that comes from just alleviating and, and just taking the weight off some of the guys' shoulders so that they can be recalibrated. They're refreshed
1: okay let 's go down the the officiating road um, not as a criticism Ooh. but it, it just it's sort of a it, it, you know I always say you know you're selling entertainment. And how entertaining is it when there's a call made on the floor and most people don't understand why it was made? I mean, that's just not entertaining at all. Now, I think you can understand that if you listen to the tape uh, when, when it happened, Scotty said something. It wasn't directed at anybody, but the official who made the call, his back was to him. And, and obviously, this man has a, a no tolerance for, for any verbal exchange after the call is made, which is, to me, somewhat arrogant. I mean, I just, it's just a, it's a, here's what I'm going to say. It's a bad look. And it's not entertaining. What do they do about this?
0: Yeah. So for me, I, I think you all, players are always going to have something to say. They're always going to have some chatter. I was disappointed, and I'm I'm from the, the school of you never want to give the refs the opportunity to take over a game, to control a game, to to really dictate the outcome of a game. In that moment, I'll tell you, I was extremely disappointed with the official Scott Foster because you look at you look at that whole sequence. And even the other two officials, they seemed to be surprised, right, and didn't really even know where that technical was going. But my, my thing is this. As an official, you understand the emotional climax of the game and the point of the game, right? These players and these teams have more riding on this game than you do because they're evaluated on wins, they're evaluated on losses. As an official, you're not evaluated on wins and losses. So you, I, I feel it's a part of your responsibility to understand that, that emotional capacity of that game in those moments and defuse the situation or let it breathe, right? That wasn't a moment where Scott uh, Scotty Barnes was in the official's face or really, you know, and I can't see it. Maybe, you know, Scott Foster said he questioned their integrity uh, on the game, but (laughs) I don't think he was embarrassing them. I don't think he was, you know, overtly in their face and aggressive. None of that. So you as an official have to understand this moment and and referee this actual moment, right? And I think Scott Foster yeah. got away from that. So I was disappointed there.
1: Yeah, uh, the other issue I'm going to get into is, is just the, the replay. Uh, and, and I applaud, you know, looking at things. I, my problem is is that uh, when you're watching it, I don't think every, everybody totally understands what they're looking for. And then you've got the moving target where they'll say, well, that didn't happen, but I saw this, and, and so we're going to call this now. I mean, that's just that just absolutely flies in the face of entertainment, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's much <funny. laughs> better.
1: You know, I can't
0: call it, and that's why that's why you and I are on the broadcast. We have fun with it, and we leave those stretches yeah. to everybody else. i got enough gray here.
1: <laughs> it's just it's kind of bizarre, but anyway, so let's get into the game tonight. Rappers, Raptors against the Clippers. What do you think happens here?
0: It's going to be tough. I think, the Raptor, one, the Raptors need a response um, from the game against Denver, because it was a close one. Could have came out with it, but you're also playing now you're playing a Clippers team who's they're scratching and clawing themselves, right? They're digging yeah. themselves out of a hole. And right now they have Kawhi back. You know, they're integrating Russell Westbrook into their team. They have Eric Gordon that's, that's a return. So there's a, there's a lot of moving parts for them. But at the same time, they need to gain some momentum over the course of this last, you know, half lap of the season going into play and going into playoff situation for them. So you're going to get a tough bout. You're going to get... Um, a gritty match, I think, for the Raptors. You, you've got to understand, it's going to be a physical game. You look at their, you look at their their lineup. You know, this is a big team, right? This is a big team. This is a physical team, and this is a team with a lot of experience, right? So the room for error for the Raptors is going to be so small. They've got to go well, and I think they had an amazing, you know, focus against Denver. They were intentional. They executed well, and it's got to be that exact same brand of play, that style of play that they had. Whether that was, you know, designed in you know, coming down from the coaching staff with the players, whatever it is, you've got to bottle that up and have that same effort against this Clippers team. This is an extremely talented team. There's no way around that. And Kawhi's playing at, since I believe it's since January 1st, since the, the turn of the new year, he's been playing really good basketball. He's he's back to the form of, you know, when he was with the Raptors and, and carried them. So you you know what you're dealing with there. Um, and, and they have a number of pieces. So this is going to be one of the ones where if they come out, and play the, you know, up to their potential, up to their skill level, up to their the the level of focus that we've seen in the last match. Yeah, we have a we have a great game.
1: Uh, gonna need help from the bench and it's done I think it's done a nice job with the Chua, you know, formally starting now going to the bench and seeing for Gary Trent Jr. finally have some depth there, right?
0: Yeah, and, and that's a huge that's a huge asset to have. That's a great luxury for Coach Nurse to have and I think that's been, you know, an ongoing conversation all year is, You know, where do we get production from the bench? How do we get production from the bench? Well, now you have two guys that are more than capable of starting on on the same bench with one move just by bringing back Furtle. So you're getting the punch from Gary Trent Jr. And we all know what he can do scoring the basketball. Um, He's done that for the team, to shoot the basketball. And I think he's also a selfless player, right? So one of the guys that, you know, you should actually be feeding the ball and a lot of times guys miss him, he still gives up a lot of opportunities to make, give up a, a good shot to get a great shot. So I think... With him on the bench, and I, he's, he's, he's shot better percentages coming from the bench, so he's also accepted the role. Um, he's been a consummate pro, especially for a young guy in himself, and he's also going into a contract situation where a lot of those guys at that point, they, they start to think selfish. I think he's taken this head-on, taken it with some maturity, um, and, and played for the betterment of the team. Achua, he has, he, he's going to need some growth, right? You need his production. I think he's struggling a bit with the idea of, you know, not knowing where his minutes are coming from right now and playing less minutes because he's been bumped down in the rotation, but he's got to he's just got to realize if I do what I do, if I play to my strengths, I bring something to this team. I bring something that they don't have, the energy, the toughness, the ability to defend five positions and a willing defender, a guy that's extremely athletic. There's there's he's got to just tap into his his intangibles and, and, and the things that he does well and, and just contribute, right? Don't worry about anything else. So I think if you have both those guys on the same page, you're getting starter contribution out of guys coming out off of the bench. And that's exactly what we've been asking for all year. We've asked for shooting, we've asked for a bench, and we've asked for a big. Well, you know, with one move, there should be a byproduct of that.
1: Yeah, well said. Javon, thanks very much. Looking forward to working with you again tonight, 930 TSN 1050. Thank you. It's Javon Shepard. He'll be with us in the Raptors, as he always is, on our game coverage. And uh, Warren Ward, Josh Lewenberg, Paul Jones, and Javon Shepard join me. Again, it tips off at 10, just after 10, but we start our pregame at 9.30. Coming up next, Sound of the Day, we're going to tee up Overdrive, Brian Hayes, Frankie C., and Jeff O'Neill. And I have a Frankie C., Jeff O'Neill story from earlier this morning. We'll chat about that next. This is Gameplay on TSN 1050 and the iHeartRadio app. Oh, gameplay, final segment. Jim Daddy, something for Matthew Cause. In again tomorrow. In again on Friday. And also in again next Monday. Too much of the tap man, I might say. <laughs> that's your opinion. <laughs> anyway, uh, so this morning it starts off with a text from Jeff O'Neill. Uh, I got into something last night. I, you know, sometimes I put out tweets just to annoy people, and one of them was that Leaf school had an odd look. So when I first started working with O'Dog, I used to say odd look and non-negotiable, and then, of course, he took them for his, and, and that's okay because they're not registered, and they're just taglines and, and whatever. But I did that on purpose, and obviously both O'Dog and Frankie C., made notice of that, and so I wake up this morning to a text from O-Dog saying, Taddy, stop stealing mine and Frankie's lines, you stiff. And then Frankie C chimes in and says, Yes, I agree, it's got a certain odor to it. And then from there the text chain becomes unairable because that's what happens on the text chain with the three of us and I usually deliver the uh, the, the the final line that just scatters everybody and, and then O Dog phoned me up and we went at it and uh, we had some fun on the chat. But uh, <laughs> it's just great to hear from O Dog first thing in the morning. And I know Frankie C. was, you know, I talked to him on other subjects today. So I'm sure some of this will will, will leach into the uh, overdrive proceedings today. It's Jimmy, just bro- make me a promise, pal. <laughs> make me one promise. On Saturday yes, night, when we're at the <laughs> Scotiabank Arena and it's McDavid, yeah. Matthews, the Oilers, and the Leafs,
0: yeah. promise me you're going to wear the jacket that you say the O Dog ran over on the yeah, air I because I need to get eyes on that unit and see what it's all about and form my own opinion on it.
1: It's not going to look good with the uh, the normal the team garb that we wear on on Saturday nights, but I, I'm going to wear it, and you'll see. There's nothing to matter with the jacket, and you'll see that even though it's been around uh, longer than a lot of people, it still fits. Yeah, longer like longer than I've been saying those those taglines that you say you came up that, with. That's- that's right. Well, yeah. no, I know I I didn't say I came up with them. I came up with them, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> hey, yeah. No, tra- no, no. <laughs> no, no, trademark, no problem, not, guy. <laughs> not worth, not worth the trademark. Believe me. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Frankie. All C. right, guy. Have a great ending uh, to your show. I'll, I'll try and finish it off. So that means there's only time for I guess we'll do this. The sound of the day. Sound of the day. Sound of the day.
2: Here comes the sound of the
1: day. Oh yeah, this is uh, Steve Ballmer, owner of the Clippers, uh, at his new facility called the Intuit Dome, uh, which is now under construction and will open September of 2024. It'll be the new home of the Clippers as they leave the shared residence with the Kings and Lakers. And this facility is actually built on the site where the LA Forum still stands, across the street from the football stadium. And and, you know he was there, and it was one thing that absolutely he was enthralled with, with the new construction, and here it is.
0: Is. Toilets, eleven hundred six toilets in Seattle, three times the NBA average number of toilets and urinals. We do not want people waiting in line. We want them to get back to their damn seats uh, at the end of the half before the game.
1: So, so what's more startling—that he knew how many toilets were there, or that he knew the NBA average toilets number? That's
3: honestly with this guy, neither, because I know he's a numbers guy. So neither of those things startle me at all, because I feel like he would have gone out of his way to find every little bit of information to prove that his place is better than everyone else.
1: I mean, it almost sounds like when the architecture team got together for the design, he said the NBA average toilet number is, I want to triple that.
3: I want it the most. I want it the biggest. (laughs) It it almost sounds like, I mean, it's a bad comparison, but it sounds like Trump, we want the biggest wall. Balmer wanted the most toilets. He wanted everything in his new stadium. Yeah.
1: The Intuit Dome, uh, more toilets than you can imagine is a cut line
3: for More it. toilets than you can even <laughs> think of.
1: That is something. He's quite a guy. and you know we He's wish an him eccentric
3: well. character, that's for sure.
1: Oh, yes, that's a good way to describe him. Uh, so how do we sum up what we did here today? Did we make a mess? I think we we handled
3: a, a very interesting Wednesday. Lots of great guests. Alter was fantastic on the Leafs. Sean King, always one of the best from Veasan, and Javon is amazing talking about the Raps. I think we did a good job today.
1: Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna concur with that. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's stepping into somebody else's show is not easy for me to do, but but I think uh, I think it worked, and I, apparently I'm been renewed for tomorrow, Friday, and and next Monday. So. As I said, too much Tapman, maybe. Yeah, you're stuck possible? with me for
3: the rest of the week, so that'll be fun. So we got lots to go over for uh, the next two days, sir.
1: Okay, so Overdrive is next. I got a couple of things to do on the way out. Gameplay and TSN 1050. Oh boy. Gameplay and TSN 1050 was brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment and more and get your winnings fast when you download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. Uh, and traffic. We're a little ways from that. We're a minute away from that, so I'm not going to do it right now. But we're going to end up with traffic at 56:30. Uh So in the meantime, we've got Lakers tonight. Not Lakers. Raptors tonight against the Clippers. Boy, I'm just stuck in L.A., aren't I? Um, I think the, the, the Raptors are going to win. you the right win. city. At least you had yeah, I, the right I, city. I, I did. I think the Raptors are going to win this game. How about yourself?
3: I want to believe in the Raptors in this one as well. So I'm going to lean towards the Raptors, but I think I'm more confident with my Siakam over 34.5 points of rebounds if I'm betting on the game.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. He's going to have a big night. Freddie's going to do a nice job. I think the starters are going to do a nice job, but as, as Javon said, the Clippers are big. So that's uh, that's been an issue for the Raptors in the past. In spite of that, going with the Raptors victory tonight. We start at 9.30 on TSN 1050. The Leafs are off until Saturday, and we'll have that game for you Saturday night, pregame with Frankie C., the aforementioned Frankie C., starting at 6 on TSN 1050. Traffic is brought to you by JanPro, proudly serving Canadian business for over 25 years. Put your trust in JanPro, the leader in commercial cleaning and disinfection services. JanPro.ca is where you need to go for that. Traffic is next, and overdrive with Hayes, and Frankie C. and O-Dog. That's next. They'll chat then.